Hi, this is Alice Lai. Hi, and this is Molly Curran. And welcome to Story Cuts, where we talk about what the stories we talk about talk tell about. Molly, can you do this one? Where we explore what the stories we tell tell about us. I always forget explore. Like I, you, it doesn't have to be explore, but yeah, it's like when you say where we talk about what the stories we tell, it just kind of it can get a little confusing. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think I kind of experienced that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but it's, right. it's okay. You'll get it eventually, or we'll just start making up something else. Or we'll, or I'll just sort of splice together. Like, I'll just record you saying it, or I'll record <laughs> myself saying it correctly, and I'll just sort of sneakily interject it. Um, I'll be like, hi, I'm out. And, like, and this is what the stories we explore tell about. Uh, oh, I messed it up again. My name is Alice Why? <laughs> right, I'll, <laughs> I'll punch it into a speaking spell. Um Okay, so for this episode, we're, it's kind of a, a recap episode. We've, I know we've only done three episodes so far, but... We're already sort of... <laughs> selling out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm uh, kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... We're still figuring out the format, I think, is more what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's, it's sort of like the, the spirit of the stairs. We realized that there's stuff we wanted to talk about, the topics, after we finish recording. So... It's kind of an opportunity for us to revisit our last three episodes. Um, it's haunted houses, depression comedies, and vampires, uh, and kind of sort of re like say things that we didn't occur to us to say in the moment, and then we were kicking ourselves for not saying it afterwards. Um, like for for me, I know that when I was talking about vampires, I I just felt like I have this moral like I'm physically unable to not talk about Peter Thiel every time vampires come up. um just and for those not familiar it's just because a while back i saw an article about peter Thiel investing in a startup that injects young people blood into old people with based off of this scientific study that you know this increases like makes an old person act like a young person again or like physically and mentally and maybe sexually um so so I feel okay, like go. you got to start from the top, which is to say you need to explain who Peter is. It Thiel or Teal? Uh, I've been saying Teal, but it might be Thiel. Um, okay, start from the top. Peter so Teal. Oh, he is. I like to. Just, you can give your description, but I'm just going to describe him. To me, he is like a um, super villain that would be like really offensively queer coded in like old comic books. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like he'd be like that. Oh, that's like the gay, evil super villain who's like really rich and who drinks the blood of the youths, um, and it's just like kind of beyond makes belief. everyone uncomfortable. Yeah, um, like it just feels like it feels like a very offensive comic book stereotype, um, except he's a real person. <laughs> Yeah, I think um so so for for additional backstory, um Peter Thiel, I think 
uh, he's kind of he made his millions slash billions doing uh, PayPal and Facebook at the very beginning, beginning of time. Uh, more recently, he's entered notoriety because he was the one who sued Gawker for um, outing him. Uh, and more and more recently, he's also one of the primary tech people backing Trump for president. Uh, so, and then more and more and more recently, I read an article about him. It possibly, it's not confirmed, possibly paying young people thousands of dollars a month to give him his their blood so he can live forever. Uh, allegedly. allegedly. So, <laughs> yeah, we should say allegedly on all of this, please don't sue us. <laughs> please don't sue us into oblivion. I mean, it's we not going to be anything. difficult. Right. It's not going to be too difficult. I'm we a grad don't... student. I literally yeah. don't have anything. Right. And I'm unemployed. Uh, well, at least I will be by the time you hear this message. Um, please don't sue me. Okay. That's enough for the disclaimers. Um, I think recently I saw more, uh, I saw on Twitter that there was like a bus station ad that was like, Hey, young people have too much blood. You give us your blood, $3,000 per young person blood. Um, which was like this whole scam. I want to say, because... <laughs> sounds like it. Well, I mean, either a scam or just like the vampires have realized that it's like, they don't really need to like hide in the shadows anymore. Like everyone's like kind of. It's like, like they're we'll kind of like small potatoes. We'll do anything for money. Right. I mean, like $3,000 for blood? Like, sure I would, it's... I would for sure give my blood away for that. Right. No like, problem. It's like, um, I mean, it only becomes a problem once it's sort of like the, the sperm donation or egg donator donor ads you see in college papers where it's like, oh, you have to be tall, funny, no history of illness, addiction, preferably blonde hair and blue eye, though we're not racist. Um <laughs> And, yeah, like a straight-A student. Uh, but I thought you were going to say it becomes a problem when it's that, because then, like, I don't know. I just feel like I, I feel more comfortable letting my blood into the world than, <laughs> like, my, my genetic, I don't know. Right, having, like, this, like, phantom, phantom daughter, phantom son out there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, like... not that that's what that is, but just that. You know, I feel like donating blood feels a little less, uh, whatever. I guess right. there's a reason they don't pay you quite so much to donate blood. Or they right. don't pay you anything because you're donating your blood. For free. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it's donating. Unless, unless it's a billionaire vampire. Yeah, wants to... your blood to... No, and I want to sort of cap this off because um, the actual the actual study was that they actually like connected the blood the circulatory systems of a young mice and an older mice. Uh, so it wasn't that the older mice got like a little bit of the younger blood's mice. It was like their circulatory systems were literally connected. Like the blood was literally, it's like a very expensive living, breathing, and screaming dialysis machine. Uh, so that's like, that's not as comforting to me that the science behind this is fake, just because it means like next time it'll be like, uh, hi, we're looking for teens to be like shackled to my throne of blood um, for 24 <laughs> hours, all expenses paid, free Wi-Fi. The human centipede too. Actually, I think that already exists. Human yeah. Human centipede. I want to say the know. three also exist. Okay, well, the human vampire, the human... No, <laughs> no. Molly, you're, you're thinking too small. It needs to be actually just Human Centipede 1, The Return. Like, the that's, return. that's you true. You really have everything covered. Human Centipede covered. Origins. 
No, actually, I think that was Human Centipede too. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. No, but there's one of them. I forget which one. Which was like, it was like a self-aware parody of Human Centipede, where it's like the person had watched Human Centipede and wanted to recreate it. No. Um. <laughs> sorry, the entire concept of the Human Centipede is truly just the worst. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of it. I know. I know. It knows it's the worst. Knowing it's it's the worst and being self-aware about it being the worst does not make it okay that it introduced that entire thing into existence. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And then that's that's what I got for now. But uh, I'm sure you might have something uh, more. I'll have more to add later. I was talking to Molly earlier, like, I have a lot of pizza and ice cream. There's, like, this nexus of pizza and ice cream-related food things that I have opinions about, but it doesn't really fit into haunted houses, vampires, and maybe a little bit into depression comedies, but we'll kind of table that <laughs> until we get there. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm still just trying to think. I feel like there have got to be more... Well, you did say that you wanted More, you forgot. Well, yeah, the, yeah, 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 that. But I, I'm I, I'm still stuck on the blood thing. I just feel like that's not the only person we've heard of doing that, is it? I don't know. I guess it's sort of like an ancient thing, right? Like bathing in the blood of virgins. Like, yeah, um, yeah. It's not. It's not that. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, know, it's that probably a Sawbones episode about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's like bathing in the blood of virgins to like keep your skin smooth. Like, is that real? Like apocryphal? Like something like a witty comeback you hear on I mean, Elementary? As somebody who's gotten deep in skincare culture, I would not be surprised. But like, people put some shit on their faces, including me. I've not done blood yet, but I have done snail slime, uh-huh. bee venom. Well, I think like. Just $30 like, creams that I don't really understand why they cost <laughs> so much, but whatever. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, but, okay, I, I believe that. Like, people do anything to, like, live forever. Blood, sure, but, like, I feel like you'd start with, I don't know, placenta. Like, everyone's into, deep into placenta these days. I'm going to look That's up. That's true. People definitely do placenta on their faces. Oh, I man. feel almost 100% confident in saying that that See, is I was, a thing. I was going to Google that, but I like, also feel like you're right. Like, there's no, no way. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, there, it has to be a thing. People love eating and using placentas. It's like the yeah. new health fad. I don't know. There's an interesting, like... I don't know. There's this interesting area that we're entering into that's like soft health cannibalism or like soft health vampirism. Soft right? health pan- cannibalism. I love that. <laughs> Where it's like, right. it's, it's, it's for, it's for good. It's for, I don't know, to be sustainable or, or like healthy or like your body. I don't know. You're believing the human your centipede. It's like producing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like healthy <laughs> human centipede. Oh God! Okay. No, I think. Oh man, my one of my friends just had a baby with. Um, or, uh, yeah, she just had a baby. I'm also friends with a guy, so it makes it difficult to like. They had a baby, anyways. Yeah. Um, I should ask what he did with the placenta at the wedding. Uh, I probably won't actually ask that because please don't no, ask that. Um, it's like you kind of you're kind of relying on, <laughs> relying on them to kind of volunteer that information. Uh, I feel like if they're the kind of people who volunteer that information, then they probably did do something with it. And if they aren't, then they probably didn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Not I mean, to it's stereotype. 
but <laughs> I mean, I'm not even sure this is stereotype. Like, you don't bring up the fact that like you kept the placenta unless you did something with the placenta to merit keeping it, right? Yeah. You're not like, oh, oh yeah, I just kept the placenta. You never know. Um, okay, so do you know about calls? C A U L. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like the. It's like a sac, uh, amniotic right? sac, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes babies are born like still with the amniotic sac attached. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just thinking about that because it birth, whatever. And I was also <laughs> thinking about there's in um, what I've on multiple occasions described as the worst television program I have ever sat <laughs> through the entirety of, um, which is a Netflix original, I believe, called um, oh, what's it called? Uh, hollow, no. Uh, uh, edge, no. Forest, it's uh, such a generic name. Grove, um, something Grove. Wicked Grove. Grove. Hemlock Grove. Hemlock Grove. There you okay. go. We Hemlock did it. Hemlock Grove. Um, one of the characters is a vampire. Um, I think. Yeah, it's like a vampire. Okay. And uh, there's like a very important thing about like vampires being born with the call on their face and like that is what? like how you know and then the the Wait, the, what? the mother has to like eat it mm-hmm because like the mother that, has they're not vampires are like born they're not they never said the word vampire but they were vampires it was um it's a very bad show <laughs> uh and it was a very bad show with like a few maybe interesting ideas so in terms of vampires, maybe it's worth talking about as a sort of callback to our vampire episode, but like there's uh, this like scientist, science uh, laboratory or whatever, like giant company, science company. Um, every time I talk about science, I sound like an idiot. It's really great. Uh, um, and there's one of the main characters or sort of one of the important characters is like the head scientist at this research institute or whatever Mm -hmm. um and he like invents this thing that like creates uh just like blood and like cells and like human matter and stuff and then it just like comes out of like a faucet and then vampires can just like drink it and there's a very memorable scene where one of the vampires is like basically like gorging himself on it and he just like turns the faucet on full blast and is like bathing in the like disgusting because it's not just blood it's like blood and and like placenta i don't know i can't remember it's just stuff blood and junk blood and gore okay Um, well props for having it i guess um yeah my my one credit to that show is it did it did a couple interesting things that i'd never seen before uh, when we have our werewolf episode, I'll have to talk about it too because it does have the most memorable werewolf transformation sequence ever. Also, the right. most disturbing, but memorable, very memorable. <laughs> I think, and then you have to like stress that, like, under no circumstance should oh, anyone never actually watch this show. Please do not watch this show. I watched the show because I saw a clip where the vampire seemed to be like sucking the werewolf's blood in a like a sexual, sensual way, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, this looks like it's fun." And then I sat through three seasons of that goddamn show, and that scene came in the second to last episode, and it was bad in context. And <laughs> the show was bad all around, and there was just nothing good Redeeming. about it. 
and I don't know why I watched it all except it was when I was in the midst of a deep depression and I did not understand how to make Netflix stop because it was all that was keeping me alive. <laughs> I, I think like there should there should have been like the disclaimer on that on that scene. It's like this is like literally the second to last episode. I know, right? I was like, Tumblr, don't, you really you really uh don't bother me. Like, oh, like, you think this the... is about, like, a werewolf and a vampire falling in love. It's not. Well, it is. Well, well it's not. Well, actually, I, I don't know anything about it other than it, you're, like, you're anguished. It's you're anguished retellings. But they never actually, like, let it be that. Oh, it's a Sherlock thing. Wait. Unrelated. Sherlock? Isn't Sherlock doing... The guy Sherlock? making Sherlock? He's Sherlock's doing some... done. He's oh, doing yeah, he's else. doing... Vampires? Dracula? Jack- I think maybe Dracula. Dracula, alright. So that'll be a, a thing. You know, I think um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think it's very funny, um and and uh you know, apologies if you're reading this to get some, you know, sweet, incisive lit crit, but uh that all the big entertainment media companies are trying to do their Marvel verse kind of thing. So there's like have you heard of this? Like the world of like the King Kong universe is like the expanded cinematic King Kong universe. And there's like going to be like the expanded cinematic, like mummies universe. Yeah. I know it's like the, the monsters, universal monsters or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like the mummy. Like, and I assume they're doing like a Dracula and, uh, I forget what the other monsters are. <laughs> probably like a wolf man. Wolf man. Oh yeah. Remember, uh, what was that other show? Penny Dreadful. Well, yeah, we didn't talk about that. At, were there vampires in that? Oh, God, well, of course there, there were. Yeah, there were, but... None of the main characters were vampires. Maybe. Right. Well, there was, like, some weird stuff happening. I don't, I don't... I think, like, the... I don't think any of the main characters was, what, Frankenstein, Oscar Wilde, um, um that woman who... What's... She She was, like... Green. She was, like, Possessed, a, or... Yeah, she was... She had, like, possession and, like, magic stuff. And then um, someone like, and then the vampires they, kidnapped her sister. Was that right? It wasn't her sister. It was her friend because they had a very close relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, she cheated with her friend's boyfriend. Is Beyonce probably is more accurate? I don't know. It was yeah. It was, but there were vampires. I do recall that now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so. like kind of oddly, like the vampires were the villains that didn't really get a main kind of. Mm-hmm role i don't think unless i'm just completely forgetting something obvious also i only watched the first season so who knows what happened that show with buck wild <laughs> buck wild a mcelroyism the 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 best part i feel was and i guess this is a spoiler for the first season of penny dreadful but like as i will say it was so obvious from like six episodes in you're mm-hmm. like oh so this guy's a this guy's a werewolf like this guy's definitely a werewolf this is josh hartnett's character mm-hmm. who's I don't know. Yeah. He's like Tom Sawyer or something, isn't he? It's something ridiculous. I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah, he's he's just like he's a so boring. He's some, okay, he's some like American okay, I actually liked him. He was a sensitive Okay uh, fine. sensitive cowboy. Uh <laughs> with a little scruff. But Okay, um, okay, so but what I mean is it's not boring boring, but like like he's in the vicinity, he's like, Hi, I'm Oscar Wilde and I'm like, you know, Frankenstein and I'm a vampire. Yeah. And you're like What's your deal, American? And then, like, yeah. And then, as you said, it becomes extremely obvious. It's yeah. like, oh. He's a werewolf. He's, You're he's, like, a, he's werewolf. a werewolf. Okay, he's a werewolf. And, like, you just go through episode after, after episode being like, okay, so he's a werewolf. And then, finally, 
just as the season is about to end, you're like, oh, they're just going to end this season without even admitting he's a werewolf. They finally do the big reveal. And it's such a, like, anticlimactic moment because you're just right. like, because, because you're okay. like, of course he's we, aware. We, like, that. we, we got that. it. Like we were, we were waiting for this moment. Yeah. Um. Which is really funny. Just. Yeah. Right. Right. And it was like it was one of those things where you're like we legitimately thought the season was going to end. Like it was like everyone tied up, blah blah blah, and then we like cut to him sitting in like a moodily in a diner, and we're like, oh my god, like is it actually? Yeah, weirdly, even though we were expecting it, we got excited just because we, like, thought like, that it would never... They are just like, oh, they're going to try and be coy about it. Right. But no. And, like, it would have been weird if they were being coy about it because it's not, like, a subtle show. It's a very... No. It's, like, it's it's called Penny Dreadful, and, like, part of that is, like, because things happen in it that are reminiscent of Penny Dreadfuls. Yeah. But also because the structure of the show... And it's just... Yeah, it's very... It's, it's over the top in a way that can be pretty entertaining. Eva Green's really good in it. She's, like her willingness to contort herself and her face and her body into just these like gruesome ways, like to just be as like ugly. I mean, she's so beautiful and to just like be so ugly and disturbing is really, uh, inspiring. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool to watch. You're, you're like, damn, yeah, yeah. damn lady. You are, <laughs> you are killing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, that there's that. <laughs> um, were there any ghosts in we can transition to hauntings were there any ghosts in Penny Dreadful I don't think there uh, were that I saw not that I can recall but um, I kind of want to go something that reminded me of it was uh, there's this very old um, not very old but like fairly well regarded game called Gone Home um, It's I, I really liked it um, it's like kind of it's like a couple... It's They're really old. Like, it's like three or four years old. Yeah, old is three or four years in video game terms. That's It's like dog years. It's like if, dog year, if dogs had dogs, okay. kind of. It's like 49 years per regular year. Um, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I guess if a dog, dogs do have dogs, they're <laughs> called puppies. Uh, that's actually very true. Right? Okay. Anyways... Um, so, so the premise of the, of the game is that sort of you're a sister coming home from college and you find the house, um, empty. Like your, your younger sister isn't there, your mom and dad aren't there. And you're kind of like, what's going on? So, um, the, it's very interesting. You go around the house, like kind of, uh, finding out what happened, like from environmental clues, from like journals, from like notes. Uh, and the Fulbright people are very upfront. Uh, the Fulbright people, Fulbright made the game. They're very upfront about the fact that it's not a horror game, but... I think, like, the game does kind of... They includes like, the empty house noises. Like, you know... Uh, and it's, you know, what people call, like, the house breathing. Like, when it's mm-hmm. colder at night, things contract, things settle. You hear, like, creaking, groaning, like, weird ticking sounds that you're pretty sure is a radiator. Um, and I think it's it's very effective just because it creates... Even though, kind of, the uh creators and i will also assure you like it's not it's not a horror game there's no jump scares um that it create it it creates this effect of like this is why we worry about haunted houses we or why we worry about like living houses like there's it's 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 like hard for us to like even you know we say that a house like a place a room with like no posters or no personality is sterile like um, which I found very interesting uh, 
to the forefront. I mean, I think that was kind of interesting. I would love to see a game that uh, did some of the, I, I mentioned in the last podcast, um, Anatomy by Kitty Horshow uh, touches on this topic as well. But or like a casual game that talks about like the breathing or like the living cycle of 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 a place of residence. But yeah. yeah. Or ghosts. No, sorry, I I just had a thought and now it like went away. Uh this is the worst. Um Is it ghost related? It was like a ghost related or house related or Ghost House something related. The popular T V show. Oh no 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 okay so I thought of it. Um so when we were talking about ghosts and houses, haunted houses I guess. Mm-hmm. Um like I feel like one of the things that we didn't say that was so obvious um, was like a lot of what we were talking about were like women and sort of women's experiences and um, we didn't talk about sort of the house as like the domestic sphere of women like, oh duh okay yeah, like yeah. so for that place to be haunted for that place to be sort of uh somewhere where a woman is trapped or her pain is trapped or mm-hmm. um for the the house to sort of become this um living prison but also potentially like a living means of vengeance, um, a living protector, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like has a special poignance. Um, yeah, sorry. That was just, that was kind of out of nowhere, but it was when you're talking about Gone Home and sort of this idea of the, um, yeah, like the living house and like the, like what what does a house really represent? Right, and I, I think that's a good point. Like, the, the idea, like, the house, like, the doma- domesticity, like, the, the domain of the woman, the or, like, the in American tradition, right? The woman stays at home, does the cooking, does the cleaning, takes care of the house, um, and a man's, like, the protector or goes out and gets the money and, like, you know, mm-hmm. his... Was it the house? His house is his castle? Yeah. Or something? His, his man cave is his... Wait, was it... Was it you that was talking about like the like the now the, like the woman version of a man cave like the the she shack or something? Uh, no, I've never heard of this because that's uh ridiculous. She shack. Okay, look, I'm I don't I'm just like guessing. It's like it's parallel to man cave. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna figure okay, that out later. Think but. about that. But I was gonna say the other sort of flip side. Like, so we've got the American tradition, but we've also got the, um, you know, British figure, right, of the angel in the house, which I think probably applies to America. Have you heard this term, angel in the house? Uh, not really. There, There's, like, the, the house spirits, like the Romans had. No, it's not. The angel in the house referred to the sort of woman of the home, the wife, mother figure, oh, I who, um, I think this was a Victorian kind of concept, was mm-hmm. basically, uh, this was when women were, like, put on these, like, way elevated pedestals of you know they're pure and they're innocent and they their job is to sort of be this like purifying force while men go out into the world and like do politics and have power and stuff women are home and they're angels in the home um to like create this like safe space um for the children to teach the children to be pure and good christians and you know Mm -hmm. to love their husbands and blah 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 so like i think there's something kind of and I'm sure somebody's written about this, um, but like sort of the inversion or conversion of the angel in the house to sort of the ghost in the house, um, oh, the demon yeah. in the house, right? Right. Um, and the way that uh, a ghost figure can kind of 
slide between those two ideas of the angel, but also the demon. Um, I'm doing a lot of really great gestures, and it's making me really sad that we're in an audio-only format. <laughs> right. No, it's it's good. This, you can just like put this in your syllabus, so you can so people can see these in real time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, use them on my students anyway. <laughs> and I think I think this is something that also occurred to me, like the one of you know the stories that a lot of people are familiar with, uh, the yellow wallpaper. Um, huh. I love the yellow wallpaper. It's so yeah. good. And it's it's just funny just because I think a lot of people kind of get a negative reaction to it because they read it in middle school or high school. Um, and then it's kind of like, what's the deal with the story? She just like lies around and then like she's like goes crazy. Like, I don't get it. Um, but it, it, it was something I thought about when we were talking about haunted houses and I've failed to bring it up. No, absolutely. I, like, I, I actually wrote a paper in undergrad arguing that that the yellow wallpaper should be sort of understood within the context of like haunted houses and horror and ghosts mm-hmm. and things like that, that like, yes, she goes mad, but there's like a, there's, there's very deliberately a haunted house element to it um, or a haunted room element at least. Um, mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you can't just sort of be like, Oh, well, she's, it's just her going crazy because you know, she's, crazy woman that's actually a very very bad misreading of the story uh but yeah i mean and i think it's i I actually think it's sort of a similar thing to what i was saying where um you know women were that was a real thing women who had um what they would call hysteria sometimes or i don't know they'd say there was something weird with their uterus or something Mm, right. <laughs> kind of like a wandering womb uh basically <laughs> it was like after women had a had a baby often and if they had postpartum depression or mm. if they just were experiencing depression or some kind of illness um there was a doctor oh, god i used to know his name uh silas warner or something i don't know but anyway, he pers- he was like a big advocate of the the rest cure, which was like, hey, okay, in order to get better, you need to just go lay down and not think and not do anything. Don't write. You can't hold your baby. You can't interact with people. No friends. You're just going to eat like fatty foods and drink water and sleep. And that's all you're going to do. And like uh, <laughs> a lot of women who were subjected to this, including the author of the L wallpaper, uh, Charlotte Charlotte Perkins Gilman or Charlotte? Oh man! I think Charlotte Perkins Gilman, as well as Virginia Woolf, was also subject to the wow. breast cure um, and hated it. Notoriously hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, like really talked about how they thought this was awful. Um, but right. sort of so like I see in the yellow wallpaper. Sorry, I'm just going on and on. But I no, love the no, yellow please. wallpaper. So, um, <laughs> but like in the yellow wallpaper, you see a woman being, you know, trying to be pressed into this particular domestic position because of not being able to fulfill her angel of the house duties. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, as a result becomes this like, um, you know, truly frightening, uh, ghostly or at least haunted, haunting figure who is mm-hmm. being haunted. And at the same time, um, like one of the like sort of key parts of the story is that as she's sort of laying in bed, she's seeing in her wallpaper, the figure of a woman, Um, and sort of by the end of the story, it's unclear if the woman is her or if it's, 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 it does something very 
uncomfortable and spooky, and it's really, really good. <laughs> it's a really yeah. short story. You should read it if you haven't, mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah, it's a, it's a very short story. There's a reason why a lot of people were first exposed to it in middle school. Um, I'm not, well, I guess the reason I'm trying to make is that it's short. Uh, not that it's not that it's bad or simple um i think i think what molly hit upon is really really interesting i um you know the idea of bed rest and especially sort of like you're like oh for for the rescuer first you like get into bed it's like oh that doesn't sound too bad it's like then you're not allowed to do anything else um and uh and it got me to kind of thinking about possessions and how you know even now primarily when someone is possessed it's a woman or a girl and it's sort of uh is that right i mean i was gonna say like it's sort of thinking about exorcist um yeah i'm trying to think sort of like the 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 grandfather i mean that seems a little but like yeah the exorcist feels like a pretty like foundational seminal text Mm. object whatever of of mm. possession do you Um, remember the poltergeist i i feel like one of the kids is like communicates with the spirits or something. One of the kids does communicate with the spirits through the TV. She yeah. like puts her hands up to the TV or he. I think it's a she, but uh-huh. I don't remember. Um, that movie screwed me up. I saw it when I was like five or something, and it was uh-huh. so terrifying. Um, and then I watched it again in high school because my friends made me. Um, and it was still really scary just fyi continued to be scary um um right and and sort of just oh but you were talking about possession sorry go ahead right possession oh i was just sort of like this the we were kind of talking elliptically in the ghost story about uh or haunted houses about um the site of female emotion Mm -hmm. um and also and just sort of like the exorcism or this this kind of like uncontrolled unconstrained emotion um and that being flipped into the the supernatural mode like and you know and i i think it's sort of obvious why this you don't see this happening to men as often um or even like the inverse happening to man uh the the hyper logical person i mean i guess the closest you can get to that is like the social network (laughs) or something right (laughs) i don't know what i lost you there Okay, okay, no, no, I'm just like, just like, if, if we think of a person as being hyper-logical to a fault, it's like, it's not really to a fault, it's just sort of like, well, they did, like, end up doing a lot of cool things. Oh, They're... yeah, I mean, you do, you do get that a lot. That's actually a good topic, we could do one sometime. But, mm-hmm. yeah, usually the... that's a male character, and usually the, the, the sort of, like, defect of that, the character defect that comes along with that is, like, being bad at social things, but, like... Mm-hmm. Like being too good, like they're, they're just like they're just too good, and people just well, like, don't know they're too smart, how to do but it. they don't have time to be like patient and gentle. So, right. and but it's, like it's, it's okay because they still make it work because they're such yeah. geniuses. <laughs> yeah, and it's a topic that like you know has has kind of been done to death. Um, talking about like the the male genius with no time for social niceties. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but I mean, it's, it's worth one. I mean, it's, we, we still have Sherlock kind of ticking along in fandom. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Who has kind of a proto version of that. Well, and Sherlock someone, in general. As someone who's watched a lot of procedurals, I can tell you that's a major component of procedurals. Um, a lot of them. So it'd be fun to talk about. Right. And um, there was that one, um, I remember there was just this, uh, poster campaign that people made fun of where it was like, 
huge genius, giant dick, or something. Um, I have no idea what this is. I don't know. All I remember is like the first episode. Like has he's like a Sherlock Holmesian character. He's able to, but he's got incredible... a giant dick. Or he both no, no, a he, giant dick and he, has he a is giant a giant dick. dick. This is this is not like the X rated. <laughs> well, I don't know. There um, was a show on uh, HBO that was like literally oh about a dude with a big dick. I mean, that is HBO, but. What like literally that was was that I it? I think it was. I think it was called Hung, and I think it was about him having a huge dick. I don't like, know. I that... never saw it. Right, but but like that's that's not a story. Like, well, that's not. Maybe it got him into trouble somehow. It was just too big. <laughs> right. Sure. He's you like, know, sorry, sir. Classic. We're going. We're not going to let you out of the grocery store. You clearly have like fourteen bananas down your pants. He's like. Looks at the camera. I was like, "Ah, oh, geez, here we go again." Um, okay, but anyways, they but... just kind of cast him on Game of Thrones. Like, we have to show at least one dick this season. All that everyone says we've got to just, like, just to be fair. Right? Yeah. The you. running joke is that people from Game of Thrones, like, look, look, canonically, Hodor's dick is huge, um, and we need a dick double. And he's like, "No, I have a life to lead. I'm more than just." This like Pringles can size monstrosity, oh, like attached to me. Um... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I mean, it just like caused some like real physical distress was, on Molly's part. It was part. visceral. Uh... Uh, okay, but before we like got wildly off track. So so yes, the dick part uh, is that he is a dick, mm-hmm. not that he has. Well, he also has a dick, but. Um... But it's, I think I was just remember like the first episode I read a review of it. Um, like the guy makes like a is like a giant racist, um, but like he solves the case. So I like, feel like the television program you're describing right now is House MD. No, <laughs> I know it's not, related. but that is literally what happens on House. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, so, so racist. I feel like but the show the you're heart- describing is Sherlock on BBC. Or all of all of them, <laughs> um, but anyways, so. So this is kind of like the the flip side. You don't you don't really have like the negotiator, like the person who's just so good at reading people's emotions that she's able to defuse any per- interpersonal conflict whatsoever. I don't know. I mean, I'm just um it sounds silly as I'm describing it, but maybe that's the problem. Uh I'm just okay, yeah. maybe it's not. I'm, I I sort of did that in like makes you think kind of way, but no, no, uh, no, it I, probably isn't. I get what you're saying. Um I mean, I think you're right. Like, if you if you think like, I guess I would if I was doing like a one to one corollary of, mm-hmm. um, so in the Exorcist, you've got the the little possessed girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who is possessed by the devil or a demon or something, and is mm-hmm. not in control of herself. Like, is being controlled. Um, and then on the other hand, like the sort of direct equivalent, I would think, would be Damien in The Omen, right? The, mm-hmm. the oh yeah, yeah, okay. right. The little boy who is the Antichrist or is <laughs> is the devil, who is the one who is in control, who seems like this innocent little child, um, has the innocent little face, but is actually, um, you know, literally the, the devil. The, the, literally the devil is literally the one in power. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, the idea of, you know, even the sort of the form that's taken, one is sort of the embodiment of power in the male form, and then one is mm-hmm. the um, possession, sort of the invasion of the of the female body. 
um, mm-hmm. disempowerment of the female body, really, to, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, sense. it's, no, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we don't, we can sort of draw the lines pretty, uh, pretty clearly from that point. And, yeah, I, it's, it's very interesting to me, oh, geez, I just had one. Um, I think I was just thinking about Insidious, but that's like a little boy wanders too far into... Oh, I was going to say, okay, I, I feel like a lot of this is maybe a reach. Okay. Um, but like we're talking about the exorcist and we're talking about the man of faith uh, confronted with the little girl. And it's just sort of like, um, I, I feel like I feel like I'm making a parody of an argument, but it's like the, the wild irrationality overwhelms, like drives a man mad. Mm. okay i'm not i'm not like going to stand behind that argument um but i I sort of wanted to throw it out uh just because that's i mean part of it part of the reason i won't just because that's kind of how horror movies work Mm -hmm. like they don't end on a happy ending it's like um they're driven crazy they're mistaken it was all a dream you know the real killer's still out there etc yeah i mean i think that's fair i'm mostly only humming because i i haven't seen the exorcist and a very long time. And when I watched it, I watched it, um, this is true, I watched it um, on the TV version that had many scenes cut. Oh. <laughs> so it was still spooky, but much less so than it probably actually is. <laughs> did you, okay, this is unrelated, but did you, um, so did you see that like minor scandal about Twin Peaks, like Showtime put the first two episodes of Twin Peaks up on YouTube, but they they censored it? No. The thing was, um, they like basically sent, they did like the really old fashioned style, like black bars and black boxes uh-huh. over uh, boobs and stuff. But they included it for like the Greek statue, like in the background of the, of the red room, if you remember. Yeah, I remember. Like they like, so like they're talking in like the. They did a black bar over that. Yeah. So there's the statue of Venus in the back with like this big okay. black bar Sorry, over. That's hilarious. It, it, I, I mean, I was telling this to uh, someone else, and I think she was she was saying like maybe it's like David Lynch was like, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, like do it. No, that's like, that's what it seems like to me. No exposed nipples whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them. Also, I only recently found out that David Lynch is in Twin Peaks. He's only in Twin Peaks. Like, oh, he is. He's the guy. He's the yeah. He's, he's the, a guy. The, the, the hearing know, aid person. Hearing aid guy. Yes, I, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the ears. new, the, watching the new season. Um, it's it's sure is a trip. I need to finish. Okay, anyway, we can talk about Twin Anyways, <laughs> right? This is. I mean, our, I'm happy to be conversational, but. <laughs> right, right. There, there's there's such thing as conversational and like kind of eavesdropping on someone. Yeah, like, this is just us chatting, like at a cafe. And... Like, oh, by the way, did you hear what was going on with like so and so? Right, you're like oh my Twin, God. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> there's, there, yeah, there's. So I feel like okay, as we're talking about haunting, I I do really want to talk about. Or I really feel like I should talk about Beloved. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is, I feel like there's just so much to say. So I feel like kind of. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not going to do it justice to say what like what little I'm going to, but but I'll I'll gesture toward what sort of I mean like I guess in the ghost story in general like the ghost story is ghosts the idea of ghosts are like so important in like so much African American literature so much literature dealing with slavery uh, like 
like mm-hmm. the the south um the book i just read uh um the turner house by angela flournoy um it sort of opens with this little boy in detroit um seeing a ghost and telling his dad and his dad who's from the south says no there, there's no there's no ghosts in detroit like not because there aren't ghosts, but there just aren't ghosts this far north. Um, like, ghosts don't come up here. Um, so, like, I feel like Beloved is sort of, you know, the giant of the genre um, that is talking about um, women's women's pain, but black women's pain, and talking about, um, you know, the, the, the pain, the horror, I mean, horror in the every possible sense of the word, of slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so like being, I don't, have you read, have you read Beloved? I have not. Do you know what it's about? No. So, I mean, roughly, here's the very, very rough, I haven't read it okay. in a while, so forgive me if it's a little off, but it's about a woman who, um, was a slave and while she was a slave, she, um, she, I think maybe attempted to escape or was going to attempt to escape but wasn't able to and so she um killed one of her children um Mm -hmm. to prevent them from basically growing up in slavery Mm -hmm. um she killed her daughter um and then sort of the the story picks up um after emancipation when this same woman um sort of is you you know 20 years older or whatever um and is sort of trying to figure out her life um but is just like haunted and then sort of becomes literally haunted by the child that she that she killed and that she you know was protecting but Mm -hmm. you know um (laughs) it's it's really 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 rough stuff um and really beautifully written which is kind of a Mm -hmm. hard thing to say about something so so raw and so um so intense um and it's it's been way too long since i read it i actually really need to reread it um i was pretty young when i read it the first time um but like i i feel like the the whole idea of um like the way that that ghosts and in this case the ghost takes the form like i said of this daughter who was killed um only now she's she's grown up like she would be she's like 18 or something Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's not just the pain of her mother but it's also her own sort of loss of life um i see because of because of slavery and because of her mother's decision, but like, you know, what was she supposed right, to yeah. do? Um, so it's basically, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying anything. It's good. It's really good. And, you know, Toni <laughs> Morrison is very well known for it for a reason and all of her other books, but, um, but yeah, so I just think like, it's, it's just a real disservice to the genre of the, literary ghost novel of the women's ghost story and of sort of african-american ghost story to to Mm -hmm. in any way like erase the importance of beloved because it's like a huge figure in all of those genres 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's not, not as like easy breezy conversational as like the earlier stuff. So I just kind of wanted to get that out there, but then we can. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that you, um, you thought of it and you're able to cover it. Uh, it's just, even as sort of, um, tangential or orthogonal to like what we've been able to speak to directly. Uh, but I'll definitely read it. It sounds really good i mean yeah uh so let's see do we have anything to say about depression comedies do we got do we got like you know is it is it that our lives are too much like a depression comedy like we're not able to sufficiently i feel like i can't say anything about it like my thoughts on the subject extend as far as to oh when is bojack horseman coming back (laughs) um um, yeah, I mean, I think the thing I was just thinking about since we did our episode was you briefly mentioned the genre of sort of like the memoir, the autobi- autobiography. Um, mm-hmm. and I was, I just wanted to like jump in and be like, yes, that is a huge part that I, I we didn't really talk about. Um, <laughs> but like even just thinking about, um, I mean, Carrie, Carrie Fisher's, books that she's written where she's very very funny and she talks a lot about um being uh bipolar (laughs) like that's a Mm -hmm. huge part of what she's talking about and she's very funny about it um and also dealing with addiction and also um all the other stuff that she dealt with i miss carrie fisher she was the best um Mm -hmm. and uh and so I, i do think that is a pretty populous genre um, that maybe I don't know as much about as I should, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's exclusive to TV. And there's probably also mm-hmm. a film component as well, but I don't know film very well. I just watch garbage movies all the time if I watch any movies at all. So, right. I think, I think what's, what this podcast has kind of shown me is like, I'm a lot less well, well read. Um, then I guess I thought of myself as, and I didn't think of myself as very well-read in general, but like even my supposed, you know, area home ground is video games. And I haven't played a lot of the stuff that many people consider foundational works of the genre. Um, which, which is kind of a, which is kind of a shame. Um, uh, just not to have that familiarity. Uh, people are just like, look at this nerd, like doesn't. Doesn't even fake video uh, game nerd. Yeah, fake fake, fake gamer girl. Fake um, gamer girl. It's it's a, but, yep. Okay, well, we're <laughs> we're coming up on the end. I mean, I feel like I could sort of spend more time just sort of going well, mm, well, yep. <laughs> not able to pull like pulling up examples. Um, but if no. something comes up, we can just interject very excitedly. Uh, but otherwise, I guess we'll go on to the traditional last part of our segment, which is what have we slash you been reading this? Uh, I guess we and you being Molly in this case, not <laughs> you, the listener. I'm sorry. You, um, the listener. We would like you to can, hear. You can tweet us at Story Guts. Right. At Story Guts. No space. No space? No space. No space. Story, no space, guts. There that might no, be more. There are no spaces in... Twitter names. What are you talking about? Okay. It could be under... Oh, no, you're right. It would be... It's just Story okay. Guts. Oh, no, sorry. Okay, it's right. at Story Guts Cast. Okay, good, good. 
You're right. <laughs> at Story Guts is some some weird emo poet. Um. It might be like very well respected. Like they might be really well respected I in don't... the poetry community. I... Okay. Okay. Maybe. Anyways. Anyway, we're not but that yeah. guy. We don't write. Yeah. We don't write we... like dark erotic poetry. Um, oh, to my okay, knowledge. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Are you at sure? Story not... Guts cast. None. At Story okay. Guts cast. <laughs> Okay, um, at Story Guts Cast, actually, yeah, if, if you have anything, recommendations for stuff we should read, um, that would be great. We'd love to sort of suck in knowledge through our eyeballs by any means possible. Or any topics you'd like to see us cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so recently, I've just started a book called Prep. So um, let, me, let me look up the author by real Curtis fast. Curtis Sittenfeld? Yeah. Is that, that it? Sounds, that sounds correct. Have you read it? No, but I've heard of it. Um, I think I might have gotten the name wrong, but... Uh, Kurt, Curtis Sittenfield. Oh, I got it right. Okay. You're right. Um, what have you... Actually, I'm curious. What have you heard about it? I think I heard not great things about the author, but not that book, but about a different mm. book that they wrote. Oh, I see. Okay. This is... Um, I'm reading it because I read a short story by her. Um, someone... Apparently, uh, Annika, who was in Adelpha briefly with mm. us... Oh, should I be using real names? Well, I, it's okay. I don't think anyone's going to know what any of those words mean. It's mostly just alienating to listeners, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, she posted a short story, which um, kind of referenced Stanford. And like, it was it's like we were trying to figure out if she was like, she was, it was kind of like those fake, like first person perspective, like I'm a grad student, mm-hmm, etc. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of thinking that it was kind of subtly making fun of someone she knew, um, possibly in the Stegner Fellows. Uh, Stegner mm. program when she was working there um, so everyone's kind of like trying to figure it out if that was the case but then they're like actually I think it's like mostly fictional probably based on someone she knows but um, anyways so uh, Theru really liked it so she read prep and then she had me read, read prep I'm making her read the secret history in return nice um, so I'm very excited I was I will say that prep is about like a girl's from I forget, like, from a rural area going to a boarding school. Mm-hmm. It's, like, kind of like that fish out of water. Except, I was like, I was like, oh, okay, so, like, she's going to be adjusting to, like, you know, uh, wealthy people and what up, blah, blah. But I think she's also, like, gay as hell. Um, and also, like, realizing it reluctantly. Nice. So I'm interested in reading further. I'm kind slightly of this... mad because this is the exact plot of my novel, but... I should have realized. <laughs> no, I'll um, I'll let you read it. Uh, I think I think your novel probably goes a different direction than this one. I've only finished the first chapter. I'm not sure if okay. I like it so far. Writing's done well, mm-hmm. um, um, but there's some parts of it I'm not that doesn't sit super great with me. I think she wrote a like a Jane Austen adaptation, like a Pride and Prejudice adaptation uh-huh. that uh, was described by some people on Twitter, as transphobic. As mega racist. Not, just as, there was, like, one trans character who is the villain, and that was, like, the Mm. use of the trans character. So it was, I don't know if trans, but, like, anyway. But, like, not great. Not, not great. It wasn't (laughs) loved. Um, Also, I just heard it wasn't, like, great in terms of being an adaptation. I mean, I think it was, like, it's supposed to be, like, a gay adaptation of, Pride and Prejudice, which is, like, awesome, but then it just wasn't particularly well done. Um, wasn't but, really... Okay, yeah. But people fair. also are very particular about, you know, their Jane Austen adaptations. <laughs> so, myself included. Mm-hmm. 
Boy, I wish you were more into Jane Austen. We could do an entire episode about Jane Austen. There's always, well, okay. I'm saying it's it's looking unlikely, but there's always a chance. Um, you can find out if there are there are probably Jane Austen games you could get into. Would you would you be okay with my first exposure to Jane Austen, like in depth exposure to Jane Austen, being a video game? I mean, no. But if you're not going to read <laughs> Pride and Prejudice at this point, what can I do? <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. Well, we could watch the movies or something. Yeah, we'll watch them. Did you? I made you watch Pride and Prejudice, didn't I? No, I don't think so. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So did you, okay, have so you read anything that? interesting? Are you reading anything else? Do you want to say anything else? No, I don't. Okay. I, I'm good. Um. So I just finished reading The Fortunes by Peter Ho Davies, which is a um. A novel, kind of like four novellas. They're very loosely, sort of metafictionally connected. Um, uh, that are sort of dealing with Chinese-American experience in the U.S., well, obviously, um, since, um, like, the 1850s, 1860s, um, sort of going through talking about railroads and then talking about Anna, Anna Mae Wong, who is the uh, first Chinese-American film star, um, talking mm-hmm. about a Chinese-American man who was murdered in Detroit in the 80s. Um, And then the last section is a um, fictional section about a uh, half-white, half-Chinese man who um, goes to China to adopt a baby. And um, it was really good. It was, um, yeah, it was good. It wasn't, like, my favorite thing I've ever read, but but it was good. It was well-written. And the, the sort of use of different um, techniques and genres to kind of like jump between stories and uh, modes of storytelling was was I thought pretty cool, um, mm-hmm. and it just you know showed showed some stuff from history, some of which I knew and some of which I didn't. So that was interesting. Um, okay. I'm currently reading a book called Welcome to Bragsville. I don't remember who it's by. Um, and it's about a white boy from the South who um, is, like, very smart. Um, and he doesn't feel very, like, good in his community. Um, so he decides to go to college far away. He goes to Berkeley, culture mm-hmm. clash, blah, blah, blah. Um, and at first it's kind of like a send up of Berkeley being, you know, absurd. Um, <laughs> but then, which is the point I've gotten to, which I think is sort of the main initial hinge of the plot is that um, he and some of his friends decide to go back to his hometown of Braggsville, where there are civil war reenactments to stage a performative protest in which they will pretend to lynch somebody um, mm. in order to show the, the Southerners, you know, the truth of their situation. Um, and I, I, I've heard of this, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Okay, go on. I, I read a whole bunch of reviews of it because um, I'm reading it for some work I'm doing this summer, actually. Um, and part mm-hmm. of my job was to read the reviews of it, so I should kind of know, like, beat by beat everything that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and also everything that, sort of, what the book is about, what it's doing. Um, but every mm-hmm. review I read said it was an amazing, incredibly necessary uh, 
very difficult satire and tragedy on race in America in the contemporary moment. Mm, um, I see. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll... I mean, if you, if you say so. Finish it. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing that. And then other than that, um, I don't know. iZombie is about to finish out its season. Very exciting. Great show. Uh, Pretty Little Liars has exactly one episode left. One. Okay. Um, and <laughs> uh, everything is terrible in the Bachelorette world, Bachelor Bachelor Universe. So that's, the, the extended that's a Bachelor bummer. Universe. The bummer. Uh, yeah. So that's. I that's know someone who's going. Kai's going to go see um, Wonder Woman. I'll ask her how that is tomorrow. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I will eventually. I just don't go see movies. Yeah. Basically ever. <laughs> I genuinely don't know the last movie I saw in theaters. I think we've only got a local... I mean, we've got theaters in Ann Arbor. But like the easiest one to get to if you don't have a car is a sort of small local indie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw La La Land there. Um, yeah. And then I think the most recent movie I saw there was the James Baldwin documentary. Documentary. Um, oh, which was mm-hmm. very good, but you know it's not exactly your yeah. like summer popcorn blockbusters. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, as usual, you can tweet at us at Story Guts Cast at Story Guts Cast. Right. Um, on Twitter, and do we have anything? Any other way to get in contact with us? Um, we should set up an email, but. Not currently. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's Twitter. Um, yeah. We can you can slide into the DMs <laughs> or whatever kids say they did <laughs> these days. Um, yeah, I don't know if we have any other housekeeping stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. Eventually we will, probably. I don't know. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. And stay hungry. Oh, my God. You have to do... Okay. Wait, what? You have what? to say your name. Oh, shh. Shoot. Okay, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Alice Lai. I'm Molly Curran. And stay hungry. Good. Good job. Oh my god. (laughs) I feel like we just had... We'll get it eventually. (laughs)